Venice, south of the clouds, city of eternal spring. The natives eat rice. Adultery makes a man drunk like wine. Or maybe, maybe the two kinds of uh, interiors where I feel most at home, just in general, are um, in studios, painters' studios, uh, and, and in kitchens. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, there's quite a lot of connection between painting, anyway, and cooking. Who's that calls me? Old Elias? And what's your question, worship? That's not the name he travels by. Pilgrim, worship. The bookseller by the sea, but he's a wily one, worship. There's yearning in him, same as mine. A yearning for the winter to end. Old Elias promised me my freedom. Don't see no sign. Never seen no sign. That's all the song I got to sing, worship. But you best take care. Leaving there and proceeding for three days towards the east, you reach Diomira, a city with 60 silver domes, bronze statues of all the gods, streets paved with lead, a crystal theater, a golden cock that crows each morning on a tower. All these beauties will already be familiar to the visitor who has seen them also in other cities, but the special quality of this city for the man who arrives there on a September evening, when the days are growing shorter and the multicolored lamps are lighted all at once at the doors of the food stalls, and from a terrace a woman's voice cries, Oh, is that he feels envy toward those who now believe they have once before lived an evening identical to this, and who think they were happy that time. Venice. Adultery. Like an escape from common ghast. Blossoming at the end of the extraordinary made Marco Polo want to play and sing. Polo, when he came, was intrigued by the hedonism and the emancipated love life of the town. He left Venice, goggle-eyed, always looking for a bowl of wine and a flashing glad eye. I arrived in Venice 750 years after him. The train I travelled on swung from cliff to cliff and chugged through a hundred mountain tunnels to reach the red earth and pine trees. It took a little while to get used to sunlight again, and I felt like one of the absurd black-headed seagulls on the green lake, who flap about bewildered, trying to remember the mythical coastline more than a thousand miles away that their forebears must have blown in from, like hapless sailors. The train station was under reconstruction, and probably forever will be. We hurtled by the green lake. It was like being thrown from one world into another. Shangri-La. Adultery. But in, in, in the visual image, uh, the still visual image, uh, there is that possibility of seeing the whole in a, at a, instant which is outside time, seems to me. Well, well maybe just to go back to your Michelangelo drawing. Um, isn't, I mean, drawing, and that's perhaps why drawing
can be compared to other creative acts. Because it seems to me that, I mean, drawing is really essentially from the first stroke made a process of correction, endless corrections, mm -hmm. of endless errors, uh, <laughs> um, endlessly uh, perhaps corrected. Endless corrections, of endless errors 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 corrections, of endless errors, endless corrections, endless corrections, of endless errors corrections, of endless errors, endless corrections, of endless errors, of endless errors, endless corrections. As refreshing as a cup of green tea scented with mountain flowers, small polished wooden cubicles packed with jars of rolled, furled, dried, perfumed, bundled, threaded leaves that open like paper blossoms in warm spring water, much as you feel you might do in the fresh, relaxed air of this hill town. Next to the zoo, a perfect antidote you can forget the rest of the world. You stroll through a garden where you might hear real electronic birds sing. One goes under a grand Chinese gate into a courtyard of braziers and guardians and a square pool of green water where small young turtles learn to swim. There is an arched bridge to the octagonal temple, the goddess of mercy floating in the center of the pool. Nobody else is around. None of the bent, tired men and women carrying huge bundles of belongings in the ubiquitous black and white check bags that I saw pouring out of the trains at every station. Here, beyond the octagonal temple, you will see a magnificent great hall of vivid yellow and red. You need to do nothing but sit and watch. In fact, there's nothing you could do if you're not a worshipper, except perhaps burn a little incense and remember the adultery you might have tasted the night before. The blend of the old and the new swirling into leisure. This is a place to stay still and get back in touch with the earth. Find Dichi as you at least can afford to. I doubt there's anywhere else quite like it in Venice. On the eastern side of the park, a curved tree-lined road runs along the water's edge. Facing the lake, a string of sleepy stalls sell local handicrafts. Here, the shopkeepers seem to prefer to gaze at the water or indulge in a little shut-eye, rather than barter in cowrie shells. When a man rides a long time through wild regions, he feels the desire for a city. Finally, he comes to Isidoro, a city where the buildings have spiral staircases encrusted with spiral seashells, where perfect telescopes and violins are made, where the foreigner hesitating between two women always encounters a third, where cockfights degenerate into bloody brawls among the betters. He was thinking of all these things when he desired a city. Isidora, therefore, is the city of his dreams with one difference. The dreamed-of city contained him as a young man. He arrives at Isidora in his old age. In the square there is the wall where the old men sit and watch the young go by. He is seated in a row with them. Desires are already memories. It seems to me now, um, when I look back, um, um, but when I look back, uh, it seems to me that, in a way, even there, I was a kind of storyteller. Not, of course, in inventing stories, um, uh, but... <sighs> and anyway, what is, what, what is, um... Who's that? 
difficult. But I mean, isn't it really um, showing the human resonance between different events or different things which otherwise are not put together or are... The bookseller by the sea, but he's a whiny one worship. Not put together in sequence. There's yearning in him, same as mine. A um, yearning yes. for the winter I don't know. End. What do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, promised me my freedom. Don't see no sign. Mm. Never seen no sign. That's and all what's your question? Worship. But and what's your question? Take care. The colourful tribal beads and wooden handicrafts, even the closed wrinkled eyelids of the shopkeepers, remind me of the Igorot market stalls in the mountain town of Baguio that I knew as a boy. But in between the carved masks and handloom scarves, the thread of modernity weaves small blooms of adultery. But the conditions of seeing were also starting to change, and the Eiffel Tower stood for that too. What counted was not so much the view of the tower from the ground. It was seeing the ground from the tower. Nobody except a few men in balloons had ever seen this before. There were individual pilots who saw the sight from their planes, but it was the Eiffel Tower that gave a mass audience a chance to see what you and I take for granted every time we fly. The earth on which we live seemed flat as pattern from above. The Eiffel Tower was therefore a pivot in human consciousness, and that view of the city seen by those hundreds of thousands of visitors was as significant in 1889 as the sight of the Earth from the Moon would be 80 years later. In vain, great-hearted Kublai, shall I attempt to describe Zaira, city of high bastions. I could tell you how many steps make up the streets rising like stairways and the degree of the arcade's curves and what kind of zinc scales cover the roofs, but I already know this would be the same as telling you nothing. The city does not consist of this, but of relationships between the measurements of its space and the events of its past, the height of a lamppost and the distance from the ground of a hanged usurper's swaying feet. The line strung from the lamppost to the railing opposite of the festoons that decorate the course of the Queen's nuptial procession. The height of that railing and the leap of the adulterer who climbed over it at dawn. The tilt of a guttering and a cat's progress along it as he slips into the same window. The firing range of a gunboat which has suddenly appeared beyond the cape and the bomb that destroys the guttering. The rips in the fishnet and the three old men seated on the dock mending nets and telling each other for the hundredth time the story of the gunboat of the usurper, who some say was the Queen's illegitimate son, abandoned in his swaddling clothes there on the dock. As this wave from memories flows in, the city soaks it up like a sponge and expands. A description of Zaira as it is today should contain all Zaira's past. The city, however, does not tell its past, but contains it like the lines of a hand, written in the corners of the streets, the gratings of the windows, banisters of the steps, the antennae of the lightning rods, the poles of the flags, every segment marked in turn with scratches, indentations, scrolls. At the other end of the lake, you will find a promenade of restaurants where people eat a little less frenetically, and roadside massage parlours where Kunlin's famous blind masseurs knead and pummel flesh outdoors in full view of passers-by. Near the gates into the park you will find buskers, often also blind. There is adultery everywhere. Adultery fills the air. The Green Lake Park is where people come to find some balance in their lives. The idea of balance lies deep in Venice. Even if not always practiced to perfection, 
especially in politics. The park seems to allow anyone to find this balance in motion and stillness, in poetry and art, in themselves. In the afternoon, under the trees, old folk gather with playing cards that are long and thin like the petals of a paper fan or a handful of quills. At night, folk singers and musicians come out for impromptu concerts from small bandstands, and youngsters play tag or a game called The Eagle and the Chickens. There's laughter and singing. Young couples stare at the neon colors of the illuminated city reflected on the water and hold hands and kiss under cover of darkness. A lover's plea or perhaps the poems of a modern who would scribble on rocks and trees. Outer work only joys poetry. Scribble, scribble, we wear out our brains. Who will read the works of such men? I will, I want to scribble back. I was here. Before going to Germany and founding the Chinese Communist Party that now seems to bankroll the whole world. At the end of three days moving southward, you come upon Anastasia, a city with concentric canals watering it and kites flying over it. I should now list the wares that can profitably be bought here, agate, onyx, chrysoprase, and other varieties of chalcedony. I should praise the flesh of the golden pheasant cooked here over fires of seasoned cherry wood and sprinkled with much sweet marjoram and tell of the women I have seen bathing in the pool of a garden, and who sometimes, it is said, invite the stranger to disrobe with them and chase them in the water. But with all this, I would not be telling you the city's true essence. For while the description of Anastasia awakens desires, one at a time, only to force you to stifle them, when you are in the heart of Anastasia, one morning, your desires waken all at once and surround you. The city appears to you as a whole, where no desire is lost, and of which you are a part. And since it enjoys everything you do not enjoy, you can do nothing but inhabit this desire and be content. Such is the power, sometimes called malignant, sometimes benign, that Anastasia, the treacherous city, possesses. If for eight hours a day you work as a cutter of agate, onyx, chrysoprase, your labor, which gives form to desire, takes from desire its form, and you believe you are enjoying Anastasia wholly when you are only its slave. But his mornings must have been different from what I see. From seven o'clock, the whole park is teeming with people finding their daily chi, tai chi on every walkway, slow movements, fast twirls, hundreds of people of all ages under the trees, dancing, wriggling, wiggling, moving every bone and muscle for the sake of a supple old age. In the afternoon, under the trees, old folk gather with playing cards that are long and thin like the petals of a paper fan or a handful of quills. At night, folk singers and musicians come out for tag or a game called The Eagle and the Chickens. There's laughter and singing. Young couples stare at the neon colors of the illuminated city reflected on the water and hold hands. A lover's plea, or perhaps the poems of a modern Marco Polo who would scribble on rocks and trees. Scribble, scribble, we wear out our brains and kiss under cover of darkness. Who will read the works of such men? I will. I was here. Before going to Germany and founding the Chinese Communist Party that now seems to bankroll the whole world. Marco Polo was here. But his mornings must have been different from what I see. From seven o'clock, the whole park is teeming with adultery. Slow movements, fast twirls, wriggling, wiggling, moving every bone and muscle, dancing. It is extraordinary and wonderful. Across one stretch of water, grace. And then, on the other side, 
the fat burners' age-free disco dance under white frangipani trees. Shall I tell you what happened to him? He was shot down. Do I need to tell you the race of the dirty swine who perpetrated this foul deed? German. Tonight he lies in a jail in Paris claiming that he acted on his own, that he had no instigators of this awful deed behind him, but we know better, don't we? Comrades, we cannot allow this attack by our people to go unchallenged. It must be repudiated, and their answer must be ruthless, forthright, salutary. To Syria, because a stray mortar had struck one of their outposts, or they say it struck their outpost. Israel has openly intervened in Syria for the second time this year. This according to U.S. officials. I don't expect the Syrian government to, to do anything specific. I don't expect them to respond to this. Um, I, I, I don't see what the logic um, of that is. I think the Israelis are, are intervening at this point. The U.S. Is, is thinking of intervening because I don't think things are going um, exactly the way that the insurgency wants them to go. Well, so, I mean, so, certainly Washington, Washington in, in recent weeks and recent months has been uh, treading very, very carefully around the island. The Israelis can pretty much uh, strike as they will and uh, may find that while they're able to basically strike at will against Syria, uh, that also means that um, it places a very different view. Curious, we have breaking news. Israel has attacked Syria. Get a cup of coffee, grab a Bible. It is prophetic. And let me read to you what does say the word of God. Yes, uh, evening, yesterday evening, in the blowing up of the USS Cole. We've seen it in... Muslims who are Al-Qaeda Islamic extremists, a lot of them, how it will become a ruinous heap. How the men of war will be gripped with fear. How there will be panic in the streets. You guys, this is what's happening. This is Israel's southern border with Egypt. Today, a seven-meter-high fence separates the two countries. Israel is approaching a crossroads. Really, just the eye light on a thing, and then only when it is recognized that thing as the sign of another thing. A print in the sand indicates the tiger's passage. A marsh announces a vein of water. The hibiscus flower, the end of winter. All the rest is silent and interchangeable. Trees and stones are only what they are. Won't you kiss me, pilgrim? I asked you a question. And I have stopped time to answer it. Now, where's that kiss? It's your business here. Stubborn as ever. I've missed that. Especially given the scale of your incompetence. My incompetence? The King of the Grey Folk sets you a perfectly straightforward task, and you completely muck it up. What task? Frankly, it amazes me he holds you in such high regard. Finally, the journey leads to the city of Tamara. You penetrate it along streets thick with signboards jutting from the walls. The eye does not see things, but images of things that mean other things. Pincers point out the tooth-drawer's house, a tankard to the tavern, halberds the barracks, scales the grocers. Statues and shields depict lions, dolphins, towers, stars, a sign that something, who knows what, has as its sign a lion or a dolphin or a tower or a star. But then again, he hasn't borne your child, has he? What task? All been abandoned by you. Who is the child, by the way? I won't ask you again. Malachi Styler has the old man of Arimathea. I know. And all you had to do was find Joseph and return him to the outpost. The outpost? What outpost? The last outpost. Guarding the sleepers. Other signals warn of what is forbidden in a given place. To enter the alley with wagons. To urinate behind the kiosk. To fish with your pole from the bridge. And what is allowed? Watering zebras, playing bowls, burning relatives' corpses, 
in Bible prophecy in Isaiah chapter 17 verses 1 where it clearly states that Damascus will cease from being a city that Damascus will cease from being a uh, that we that Damascus will become a ruinous heap literally happening before our very eyes every day anytime we see the news you guys it's crazy stuff we also have Jeremiah chapter 49 verses 23 to 27 talking about in detail how Damascus will cease from being a city how it will become a ruinous heap uh, and we know how to analyze it, but always this notion of the separation of comp composition is a kind of another element which enters into an image, always seemed to me to be somewhat false, because, because it makes it too separate and too intentional. Um, and, and that's troubling. Um, and if I go on slightly from that, it seems to me that one of the things um, that maybe we, we, we have exaggerated uh, since when? Uh, maybe, maybe since the beginning of the 20th century. Anyway, since the 20s. So the, for the last 80 or 90 years. Um, it seems to me we, we have actually exaggerated the role of any kind of artist as um, creator, as creator and manager, I mean, I mean mm -hmm. uh, uh, composer, mm -hmm. uh, controller, uh, uh, builder, um, but, but all, all according to, to something in here which is his genius or his invention. Um, and the other tradition, which is a much, much older tradition, if one takes, one takes a world view, mm -hmm. which is of the artist as a receiver, mm -hmm. um, um, has been lost. Joseph of Arimathea guards the sleeper. Are you going to repeat every word I say? Uh, I can't defeat Styler. Can't you? The last time I met him, it took me over a hundred years to recover. Hot blood years. My years. The sleepers are stirring. Stirring? And reaching for their swords. But this is not the time. I know, Pilgrim. This is very far from the time. And that's why you were sent to put the old man back on his throne at the outpost. Joseph deserted the sleepers. And betrayed us all for a breath of fresh air. All that time? All that searching? It was all a trick? Making me believe that the old man could help me die? There's something else, isn't there, Ariana? Something else? What is it? Won't you kiss me as once you did on those wild high fields above the sea? Uh, uh, yes. Um, yes. Um, uh, um, um, oh, uh, to, um, uh, um, uh, uh, to, um, uh, oh. um, 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 uh. <laughs> um, um, and, uh, oh, um, um, uh, um, uh, uh, um, um, but, but okay, uh, uh, um, uh, because, um, um, uh, to, 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 oh, oh, um, um, uh, um, uh, um, 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 from the doors of the temples the gods' statues are seen, each portrayed with his attributes, the cornucopia, the hourglass, the medusa, so that the worshipper can recognize them and address his prayers correctly. If a building has no signboard or figure, its very form and the position it occupies in the city's order suffice to indicate its function, the palace, the prison, the mint, the Pythagorean school, the brothel. 
The wares, too, which the vendors display on their stalls are valuable not in themselves but as signs of other things. The embroidered headband stands for elegance, the gilded palanquin, power, the volumes of Averos, learning, the ankle bracelet, voluptuousness. Your gaze scans the streets as if they were written pages. The city says everything you must think, makes you repeat her discourse, and while you believe you are visiting Tamara, you are only recording the names with which she defines herself and all her parts. The end of all the earth. Don't go, please. So far away. Beyond the end of the mountains, beyond the end of all the earth, which you see in the mountains. Are you crazy? Extortion or kidnapping or killing? Don't go, please. Extremely dangerous. Badlands where anything might happen and strongly discouraged from mudslides to collapsing mountain tunnels and grim grasping corruption in business and political elites. That's the badness coming down from the mountains and there's nothing better coming from the sea on the other side of town. If it's town you want, there's no need to linger in the mountains. If it's the mountains you want, there's no need to linger in town. Breeze block housing estates, traffic jams, tired admin buildings, and no history to speak of either. Every fear we flew in with seemed confirmed on our first night. We stayed in a hotel on a central street roaring with rusty, dilapidated, angry traffic. The surly cashier who checked us in did so from inside a metal cage with a man with a gun beside him. There were bars on all the flaking windows. And after a twitchy, sleepless night, we took away our bags in the morning. It was a hot, summery, sweet Saturday. We found ourselves wandering under swaying trees through sunlit parks. In the end, among a happy weekend crowd in headscarves and embroidered skullcaps, people eating ice cream, ringed in zingy green and white neon. People selling gimmicky trinkets, ringed in zingy green and white neon. And clouds of kebab smell wafting out from the tatty cafes, ringed in zingy green and white neon, which even today are still painted in the innocent pastel colors that tourists in the Soviet Union were always supposed to like. However the city may really be, beneath this thick coating of signs, Whatever it may contain or conceal, you leave Tamara without having discovered it. Outside, the land stretches empty to the horizon. The sky opens with speeding clouds. In the shape that chance and wind give the clouds, you are already intent on recognizing figures, a sailing ship, a hand, an elephant. We went to see the Grand Mosque, ringed in zingy green and white neon, a new attraction being built with Turkish money on the city's main avenue, dots and moons and backward swastikas drawn on like biro marks. I bought a green book of prayers from a street stall, the wrong colour. How to ward off the evil eye. Almost unnoticed by the man in the street. Before I knew what was happening, I started finding excuses to go back. And what's more, when people asked me what I was doing there, I'd sometimes say, killing, carpet weaving, and bride stealing, just to see the surprise on their faces. No one knew how the stuff they needed got to them, or where it went afterwards. No one knew who made the payments. No one took any blame for the deaths of fish or of people. Everyone just quietly took as much money as they could and thank their lucky stars. Beyond six rivers and three mountain ranges rises Zora, a city that no one, having seen it, can forget. But not because, like other memorable cities, it leaves an unusual image in your recollections. Zora has the quality of remaining in your memory point by point, 
in its succession of streets, of houses along the streets, and of doors and windows in the houses, though nothing in them possesses a special beauty or rarity. Zora's secret lies in the way your gaze runs over patterns following one another as in a musical score where not a note can be altered or displaced. The man who knows by heart how Zora is made, if he is unable to sleep at night, can imagine he is walking along the streets, and he remembers the order by which the copper clock follows the barber's striped awning, then the fountain with the nine jets, the astronomer's glass tower, the melon vendor's kiosk, the statue of the hermit and the lion, the Turkish bath, the cafe at the corner, the alley that leads to the harbour. This city which cannot be expunged from the mind is like an armature, a honeycomb in whose cells each of us can place the things he wants to remember. Names of famous men, virtues, numbers, vegetable and mineral classifications, dates of battles, constellations, parts of speech. But in vain I set out to visit the city. Forced to remain motionless and always the same in order to be more easily remembered, Zora has languished, disintegrated, disappeared. The earth has forgotten her. Killing, carpet weaving and bride stealing. There is an arched bridge to the octagonal temple, the goddess of mercy, floating in the centre of the pool. Nobody else is around. None of the bent, tired men and women carrying huge bundles of belongings in the ubiquitous black and white check bags that I saw pouring out of the trains at every station. Here, beyond the octagonal temple, you will see a magnificent great hall of vivid yellow and red. You need to do nothing but sit and watch. Despina can be reached in two ways, by ship or by camel. The city displays one face to the traveller arriving over land and a different one to him who arrives by sea. When the camel driver sees that at the horizon of the tableland, the pinnacles of the skyscrapers come into view, the radio antennae, the white and red windsocks flapping, the chimneys belching smoke, he thinks of a ship. He knows it's a city, but he thinks of it as a vessel that will take him away from the desert a wind jammer about to cast off with the breeze already swelling the sails, not yet unfurled, or a steamboat with its boiler vibrating in the iron keel. And he thinks of all the ports, the foreign merchandise, the cranes unloaded on the docks, the taverns where crews of different flags break bottles over one another's heads, the lighted ground floor windows, each with a woman combing her hair. In the coastline's haze, the sailor discerns the form of the camel's withers, an embroidered saddle with glittering fringe between two spotted humps, advancing and swaying. He knows it is a city, but he thinks of it as a camel, from whose pack hang wineskins and bags of candied fruit, date wine, tobacco leaves, and already he sees himself at the head of a long caravan, taking him away from the desert of the sea, toward oases of fresh water in the palm tree's jagged shade toward palaces of thick whitewashed walls, tiled courts where girls are dancing barefoot, moving their arms half hidden by their veils and half revealed. Each city receives its form from the desert it opposes, and so the camel driver and the sailor see Despina, a border city between two deserts. In fact, there's nothing you could do if you're not a worshipper except perhaps burn a little incense and remember the adultery you might have tasted the night before. The blend of the old and the new swirling into leisure. This is a place to stay still and get back in touch with the earth. Find Dichi as you at least can afford to. I doubt there's anywhere else quite like it in Venice. When a man rides a long time through wild regions, he feels the desire for a city. Um, when I look back, um, um, but when I look back, uh, it seems to me that, in a way, even there, not of course, um, uh, but 
And anyway, what is what is? Um, Who's that calls me? Oh, it's difficult. But I mean, isn't it really um, showing the human resonance between different events or different things, which otherwise are not put together or are? The bookseller by the sea. But he's a whiny one worship. Not to put together in secret. There's yearning in him, same as mine. A um, yearning yes. for the winter. I don't know. What do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, oh, I don't know. Um, promised me my freedom, though see no sign. Mm. Never seen no sign. The end of all the earth. Don't go, please. Beyond the end of the mountains, beyond the end of all the earth. Are you crazy? Don't go, please. That's the badness coming down from the mountains. And there's nothing better coming from the sea on the other side of town. Every fear we flew in with, the end of all the earth. Adultery. But the conditions of seeing were also starting to change, and the Eiffel Tower stood for that too. At the other end of the lake, you will find a promenade of restaurants where people eat a little less frenetically, and roadside massage parlors where Kunmin's famous blind masseurs knead and pummel flesh outdoors in full view of passers-by. Near the gates into the park, you will find buskers, often also blind. There's adultery everywhere. Adultery fills the air. The Green Lake Park is where people come to find some balance in their lives. The idea of balance lies deep in Venice. Even if not always practiced to perfection, especially in politics, the park seems to allow anyone to find this balance in motion and stillness, in poetry and art in themselves, in the afternoon, under the trees. Old folk gather with playing cards that are long and thin like the petals of a paper fan or a handful of quills. At night, folk singers and musicians come out for impromptu concerts from small bandstands and youngsters play tag or a game called the eagle and the chicken. There's laughter and singing. Young couples stare at the neon colors of the illuminated city reflected on the water and hold hands and kiss under cover of darkness. Lovers plea, or perhaps the poems of a modern who would scribble on rocks and trees. Outer work only joys poetry. Scribble, scribble, we wear out our brains. Who will read the works of such men? I will, I want to scribble back. I was here. Before going to Germany and founding the Chinese Communist Party that now seems to bankroll the whole world. But his mornings must have been different from what I see. Slow movements, fast twirls, hundreds of people of all ages under the trees, dancing, wriggling, wiggling, moving every bone and muscle for the sake of a supple old age. In the afternoon, under the trees, old folk gather with playing cards that are long and thin like the petals of a paper fan or a handful of quills. At night, folk singers and musicians come out for tag or a game called the eagle and the chickens. There's laughter and singing. Young couples stare at the neon colors of the illuminated city reflected on the water 
and hold hands, a lover's plea, or perhaps the poems of a modern Marco Polo who would scribble on rocks and trees. Scribble, scribble, we wear out our brains and kiss under cover of darkness. Who will read the words of such men? I will. I was here before going to Germany and founding the Chinese Communist Party that now seems to bankroll the whole world. Marco Polo was here, but his mornings must have been different from what I see. From seven o'clock, the whole park is teeming with adultery. Slow movements, fast twirls, wriggling, wiggling, moving every bone and muscle, dancing. It is extraordinary and wonderful. Across one stretch of water, grace. And then, on the other side, the fat burners, age-free disco dance under white frangipani trees. He was shot down. Do I need to tell you the race of the dirty swine who perpetrated this foul deed? German. Comrades, we cannot allow this attack by our people to go unchallenged. It must be repudiated, and their answer must be ruthless, forthright, salutary. To Syria, because a stray mortar had struck one of their outposts, or they say it struck their outpost. Israel has openly intervened in Syria for the second time this year. This according to U.S. officials. I don't expect the Syrian government to, to do anything specific. I don't expect them to respond to this. Um, I, I, I don't see what the logic um, of that is. I think the Israelis are, are intervening at this point. The U.S. Is, is thinking of intervening because I don't think things are going um, exactly the way that the insurgency wants them to go. Well, so, I mean, so, certainly Washington, Washington in, in recent weeks and recent months has been uh, treading very, very carefully around the island. The Israelis can pretty much uh, strike as they will may uh, find that while they're able to basically strike at will against Syria, uh, that also means that um, it places a very different view. Curious, we have breaking news. Israel has attacked Syria. Get a cup of coffee, grab a Bible, it is prophetic, and let me read to you what thus said the Word of God. Yes, uh, evening, yesterday evening, in the blowing up of the USS Cole. We've seen it in... Peoples who are Al-Qaeda Islamic extremists, a lot of them, how it will become a ruinous heap, how the men of war will be gripped with fear, how there will be panic in the streets. You guys, this is what's happening. This is Israel's southern border with Egypt. Today, a seven-meter-high fence separates the two countries. Israel is approaching a crossroads. Really just the eye light on a thing, and then only when it is recognized that thing as the sign of another thing. A print in the sand indicates the tiger's passage. A marsh announces a vein of water. The hibiscus flower, the end of winter. All the rest is silent and interchangeable. Trees and stones are only what they are. Won't you kiss me, pilgrim? I asked you a question. And I have stopped time to answer it. Now, where's that kiss? It's your business here. Stubborn as ever. I've missed that. Especially given the scale of your incompetence. My incompetence? The King of the Grey Folk sets you a perfectly straightforward task and you completely muck it up. What task? Frankly, it amazes me he holds you in such high regard. Finally, the journey leads to the city of Tamara. You penetrate it along streets thick with signboards jutting from the walls. The eye does not see things, but images of things that mean other things. Pincers point out the toothdrawer's house, a tankard, the tavern, halberds, the barracks, 
scales and grosses. Statues and shields depict lions, dolphins, towers, stars, a sign that something, who knows what, has as its sign a lion or a dolphin or a tower or a star. But then again, he hasn't borne your child, has he? What task? All been abandoned by you. Who is the child, by the way? I won't ask you again. Malachi Styler has the old man of Arimathea. I know. And all you had to do was find Joseph and return him to the outpost. The outpost? What outpost? The last outpost. Guarding the sleepers. Other signals warn of what is forbidden in a given place. To enter the alley with wagons. To urinate behind the kiosk. To fish with your pole from the bridge. And what is allowed. Watering zebras, playing bowls, burning relatives' corpses. And in Bible prophecy in Isaiah chapter 17 verses 1, where it clearly states that Damascus will cease from being a city, that Damascus will cease from being a uh, that we that Damascus will become a ruinous heap, literally happening before our very eyes every day. Anytime we see the news, you guys, it's crazy stuff. We also have Jeremiah chapter 49 verses 23 to 27 talking about in detail how Damascus will cease from being a city, how it will become a ruinous heap. Uh, um, 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 uh, um, creator, as creator and manager. I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, composer, mm -hmm. uh, controller, uh, uh, builder. Um, but but all all according to to something in here, which is his genius or his invention. Um, 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 has been lost. Joseph of Arimathea guards the sleeper. Are you going to repeat every word I say? I can't defeat Styler. Can't you? The last time I met him, it took me over a hundred years to recover. Hot blood years. My years. The sleepers are stirring. Stirring? And reaching for their swords. But this is not the time. I know, Pilgrim. This is very far from the time. And that's why you were sent to put the old man back on his throne at the outpost. Joseph deserted the sleepers. And betrayed us all for a breath of fresh air. All that time? All that searching? It was all a trick? Making me believe that the old man could help me die? There's something else, isn't there, Ariana? Something else? What is it? Would you kiss me as once you did on those wild high fields above the sea? in cylinder form and gave it to my faithful son Chrissy to make. He made fun of it. I was almost as surprised as he was when the first model introduced Murray Hall, a little lad, which I started into it. This was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. The fairy electricity was now let loose upon the world. South of the clouds. 
gumulong na jadi dicalik dinarahin jadi indung. It is extraordinary and wonderful and falling in love might be even better. The city seems to empty onto the street. Gaggles of girls strolling arm in arm flirt with schoolboys. Old men doff their Borsalino hats to grandmothers, wrapped in white cotton shawls to ward off the evening chill. The cafes on the main drag are suddenly full, gadget machines hissing rows of espressos out onto zinc-topped bars. In barber shops, men bare their throats to cutthroat razors, while gossiping friends sit perched behind. Then, equally suddenly, the avenue clears, The end of all the earth. I was here. Don't go, please. Huge scabs of plaster were peeling from the sides of buildings, ruled over by Emperor Johannes IV. Apartment blocks, their pipes leaking water, and their metal shutters rusted shut cried out for repair. The Fiat bubble cars bowling along the streets were virtually obsolete in Italy itself, as were the decaying fashions advertised in the local hairdresser. The blend of the old and the new swirling into leisure. This is a place to stay still and get back in touch with the goddess of mercy. Beyond the end of the mountains, beyond the end of all the earth, ruled over by Emperor Johannes IV. Are you crazy? Facing the lake, a string of sleepy stalls sell politics. Extortion or kidnapping or killing. On the eastern side of the park, a curved tree-lined road runs along the water's edge. Don't go, please. I doubt there's anywhere else quite like it in Venice. Would you kiss me as once you did on those wild high fields above the sea? Isaura, city of a thousand wells, is said to rise over a deep subterranean lake. On all sides, wherever the inhabitants dig long vertical holes in the ground, they succeed in drawing up water, as far as the city extends, and no farther. Its green border repeats the dark outline of the buried lake. An invisible landscape conditions the visible one. Everything that moves in the sunlight is driven by the lapping wave enclosed beneath the rock's calcareous sky. Consequently, two forms of religion exist in Isaura. The city's gods, according to some people, live in the depths, in the black lake that feeds the underground streams. According to others, the gods live in the buckets that rise suspended from a cable as they appear over the edge of the wells, in the revolving pulleys, in the windlasses of the norias, in the pump handles, in the blades of the windmills that draw the water up from the drillings, in the trestles that support the twisting probes, in the reservoirs perched on stilts over the roofs, in the slender arches of the aqueducts, in all the columns of water, the vertical pipes, the plungers, the drains, all the way up to the weathercocks that surmount the airy scaffoldings of Isaura, a city that moves entirely upward. Winkling, moving every bone and muscle, dancing. It is extraordinary and wonderful. Across one stretch of water, grace. And then, on the other side, the fat burners, age-free disco dance under white frangipani trees. Shall I tell you what happened to him? He was shot down. Do I need to tell you the 
race of the dirty swine who perpetrated this foul deed? German.